Well, thank you, Jonathan. <clears throat> well, praise the Lord. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Okay, my, uh, yeah, I didn't get a title given to uh, Cheryl as to what the sermon title is going to be because I didn't really know what uh, name to give it until uh, I was uh, texting with Laverne last night and and he uh, kind of gave me an idea what it should be. So I think I'm going to use this uh, high-tech stuff this morning. And uh, that will be the title of the, uh, of the message that I have this morning. <coughs> Seems like God has been speaking to me in different ways the last while. And thinking about the Chaldeans and what they went through, I'd like to read a scripture found in 1 Peter chapter 3. If you want to follow, you'll have to look because I don't have that up on the wall. Now, wait a minute. That doesn't quite look like the scripture I had in mind. Just give me a minute or so. someone will have to help me. Where's that scripture that that uh, talks about uh, the Lord destroying the works of the devil? Not sure which chapter that is anymore. The first eight verses That's strange, but that, it's, it's not strange because it happens to me all the time. Well, I don't know for sure which chapter it is, but we'll proceed with the, uh, the message. And what I would like to do this morning is tell you a story that I heard a man tell that read a book. And whenever you read a book and you read something out of that book, uh, most people have problems of relating the story as it really uh, reads after a while. You forget some things. 
in the book. Well, this story is about a man by the name of Peter, and he was not Peter of the disciples, but his name was Peter, and he went from, from this country into another country. He went to South Africa, and in uh, South Africa, they have a lot of wild animals. Now, this man was a good hunter. Uh, he could uh, hunt, uh, hunt animals and, and uh, hit them. You know, he was, he was a, a very good hunter. So he went there, and the people there got used to him, and would, whenever they'd have a dangerous thing coming up, They'd call up on this person, uh, Peter, and he would go and help. Sometimes there were, uh, in, in town, a group of elephants came. And they would call upon him to come and destroy the elephants. Now, if, you're, if you want to shoot an elephant, you need a big gun, you know, to get an elephant to die or killed. But he killed a number of them. And whenever, whenever anything big come along like that, they would call upon Peter to come and help them. He was a very, very good hunter. So one afternoon he was in his, uh, he lived in a tent. He was sleeping in his tent and here he heard some noise outside and somebody was asking for some help. And so Peter said, well, come on in. So a man and a young boy, uh, probably 15 years old, came into the tent. And the 15-year-old boy was kind of shaking and nervous. And so the man proceeded to tell Peter what the problem was. And they were, they were saying that they had... Uh, they went to this place where there was a lot of water and stones around the water. And this boy and his brother were there. And they met up with, with a big snake. And the snake came around and bit his brother. As they were, they were starting to leave when they saw the snake, and, and the one brother didn't make it because a, a snake jumped up at him and bit him. And because the venom is so poisonous in this snake, it almost killed his brother instantly. So they ran for help. And they went over to Peter's uh, tent and asked him to come. Well, the, the, the boy, when, when the, his brother hollered for help, he said, a snake bit me. He didn't stop and go back to get him because he knew that there was no use. If the snake bit him, it would only be minutes before he would die. That's how strong that venom was in this snake. So they decided that they would go back to the place. The, the, the man had a, uh, like a jeep that they were driving in, and they would go back and see if they could uh, find his brother. They drove back there, and the 15-year-old boy was so shaken and so nervous that he didn't even get out of the Jeep. He just stayed put. And the others went and looked for, 
the boy, they found him, and he was already laying on the ground dead. Because within minutes, if that snake bites uh, someone, they will die. Because the, the blood thickens and just all things that happen when you get that poison in, in your body. So the, the, the two men went and over to where the boy was laying and they wrapped him in a blanket and they took him back to the town where, he, uh, where they lived. And before they could even get away from the, the place where they lived, the, the uh, people in town began to wail and whatever they do at the death of somebody. That's, it is quite, some of those places are quite different than what it is in the United States. We were in, in Hattieville, Central America, when there was a funeral, and in the evening there was just a lot of wailing going on and, and a lot of noise going on. But this, uh, they took the, man, the boy back there and then they left, went home, and after a while some boys decided that they wanted to go back, and they asked him to go along and go back and see if they can find these, these snakes. And they weren't going or searching too long close by the water and amongst the rocks until they saw this snake coming. And the one man with Peter had a sword. And Peter said that when he, when he looked up, that snake was within four feet of his face. And there was a man in front of him that had a machete. And when that snake came up to get Peter, the guy took his machete and stru struck the snake and cut it in half. But the snake had already gotten hold of Peter's hand and bit into his small finger with the, the flangs in his, his finger. <coughs> and it would have done more, but when the guy with the machete cut the thing in half, it lost most of its power and the venom. So Peter held his finger together and, and he looked and looked and no swelling appeared and everything seemed to be all right. But this snake was, it was, it's really something the way that these, uh, what these snakes do. This, See, Laverne, why can't this, don't this work? There we go. That's the way those snakes look. And those snakes can jump. They are at least, uh, not sure, is it uh, 12 feet long? And they can jump three times the length of their body, which when they come towards you, it looks like they're going 60 miles an hour. You know, because they come fast. So that's what they had to deal with there. Now, the thing that I'd like to talk about this morning is beware of the Chaldeans. The, the Bible tells us that in different places that Satan is a serpent. And 
In the book of Genesis, it tells us that the serpent came to tempt Eve. Satan, the devil, is called a serpent, a snake. That's what the Bible calls him. So, let's look at, at some of these things as we, as we think of the devil and uh, what all he's doing. I, I think we as Christians need to respect the devil. I don't think we should talk bad about the devil. In other words, the devil isn't one that wears a red suit and has a pitchfork in his hand. And, and That's not true. That's not a true biblical picture of the devil. He's like a serpent. And the serpent gives people a hard time. So when we think of this serpent, let's think about the fact that this serpent has bit every one. And unless, unless we get healed from that serpent's bite, we are going to die. That venom is so strong. It's stronger than any snake of this world will ever be. That snake has the power to kill people and make that they'll never have life, but they'll spend eternity without God. Eternity. That's how bad this snake bite is. If you're ever bitten, and you have been bitten by this snake, some people don't, don't realize it because of being young. But as they, children grow older, they become more aware of the bite that they have received from this serpent. The Bible calls the devil in the book of Revelations a serpent. So, we should respect the devil. I don't think we should call him bad names or anything like that. We should respect him. Now, that doesn't mean that we love him or, or uh, we're friends with him, but we respect him. So, what does it mean that when we respect him? Well, a U.S. soldier is someone that respects the other people in another that they're fighting with. Then the way he respects them is he does not go out there with a water gun. He knows that that is no way to kill the enemy with a water gun. So I wonder, do we sometimes carry a water gun along to try to fight this serpent? So when the Bible says, beware of the Chaldeans, who were these Chaldeans? The Chaldeans were a very nice people. Nice people. They would go into cities or or countries, or towns, or wherever it was, and these nice people would fit right in with everyone else. It would be like somebody coming to our church here. 
and we just think they are the greatest people. They are so nice and so kind. And all of a sudden, things would explode. This man is trying to shoot us. That's exactly what happened with the Chaldeans. They went into a certain place, and they became friends with all the people. All the people thought they were great. Until one day, things, stopped, things started going the other direction, and the Chaldeans overtook the city, or the town, or whatever it was. They overtook them and became leaders of that particular place where they went. Those were the Chaldeans. If you go back into the book of Daniel, the king, there was a Chaldean person. This Chaldean person thought that they would, when they raided another place and brought all the things back to, to town, and the people they brought back, and that's when Daniel and his three friends came back there. They were considered wise men. There were other wise men. There were some Chaldeans within this uh, group that they thought that they were going to feed and make them hungry. I mean, make them big and, and wealthy, you know, or, or healthy, whatever you want to call it. And Daniel said, remember when he said he's not going to defile himself with the king's meat. He's not going to do that. And, and, and the person said, well, you have to, Daniel. I will be killed if you don't eat the food that I give you. Daniel said, try us, test us, and see if we eat your food for one month or however long it was, then, then come and check again and see if we're not wealthier than the other people are. Just give us a chance. Let us prove ourselves. We won't eat that and you come back in a month and check us out and see what happens. And in a month time, they came back, and these people look wealthy. I mean, they look good. Daniel and his three friends, they were nice boys. Some that you would have liked to see, I'm sure. But, you know, it was just, it was just, they were doing good and healthy. And all of a sudden, this king said that thought that he was going to do something and he was a Chaldean, and he thought that surely he's going to make a huge image. And everybody's going to bow down to this image that he had made. And, of course, Daniel and his three friends thought they're not going to do that. God does not want them to do that, to bow down to these people. But the king said, if you don't, you're going to be killed. And then at another time, the king had a dream. And he couldn't remember his dream. Isn't that strange? You ever dream something, and the next morning... I mean, when you had the dream, it was awful. I mean, I dreamt last night. And I dreamed that I killed someone. Actually, that, that was a dream. I wish I couldn't remember it this morning, but I, I still do remember it. And anyway, I was, I was in bad shape. I didn't want to tell anybody that I killed someone. But these people, <coughs> well, they brought back Daniel and his three friends plus some Chaldeans plus some other people and brought them back. And the king said, we're going to, uh, to uh, make these people healthy and wise. And when we need something, we'll just ask them because they are really wise people. And of all the things that happened, the, uh, the Chaldeans, he asked the Chaldeans to come. And he said, the king said, I had a dream last night. 
big dream. But I don't remember what it is. You have to tell me what it is. Because I, I don't remember what it was. And the Chaldean said, Look, King, there is not a man on the earth that had a dream and doesn't tell the dream, and he wants, he wants other people to uh, tell him what he dreamed about and to interpret the dream. There's not a man here that can do something like that. And you know what they did? They contacted Daniel. Daniel said, that's true, no man can do that. But God in heaven is able to do that. He's able to tell you what the dream was, and he's able to tell you the interpretation of the dream. And so Daniel told him. That was an amazing thing. Powerful hand of God working in that, in, in that life. Well, Paul talks about after his departure, at a certain place, the Chaldeans are going to come in. He, would, he's, he, he is scared, maybe, I don't know, but he's worried about the fact that these bad or strange or false doctrines are going to come in. And he called it wolves. Wolves are going to come in. Now, if you know what a wolf does, a wolf or a couple of, or a group of uh, wolves will come and they will stand there and, and really look good. Oh, these wolves are so pretty. So pretty animals, you know. You could just watch them. They're so nice. But these wolves come up like if a man has a herd of sheep or chickens or whatever he has, these wolves will come and they will look, and they'll check that, that the flock of chickens or herd of sheep or whatever it is. They'll just stand there and watch those, those animals. Just watch them. Because what he is doing, he is getting ready for the kill. He's not wanting to be nice to these animals or chickens or whatever you have. He is just... He's just evaluating things. That's what wolves do. But they're so nice, everybody thinks. And when their chance comes, they'll go in and eat a lot of them or kill them or drag them away or something. Destroy them. That's what these wolves do. In the Midwestern states, Northwestern states, there was, came a time when the government thought that that they would not allow the wolves anymore. Get rid of the wolves. No more wolves. <coughs> and things were going nice. I mean, the children could go out in the yard and play. The men could go out in the woods or wherever they wanted to without guns. But finally, it came to pass that the government thought it would be good to have the wolves come back in again. And so they did. And the wolves became so thick that the men were afraid to walk out into the woods without carrying a gun. The children were not allowed to play in the yards anymore. Nothing because the wolves came and looked at them and then went in for the kill. And that's what Satan is doing today. He would like to see every one of us killed, laying in the dirt with the ground on top of us. That's what he'd like to see He'd like to see us dead. That's Satan's work. That's the Chaldeans 
trying to destroy people. Now, one thing that I'd like to tell you this morning is, and you probably know this already, but God is really different than Satan. God can be everywhere at all times. Isn't that amazing that we have a God like that that can work in your heart, he can work in my heart, he can work in James's heart, everybody's heart all at the same time. Satan can't do that. He cannot do that. He cannot be everywhere at the same time. So, what happens is the Chaldeans that Paul speaks about are demons. Woo! Now Satan's got thousands of demons. So these demons, Satan is like sitting on the throne and he is telling all these demons what to do. And he'll come to you and give you information. Now, you know, you don't like this, you know. Why don't you take this over here? That's a demon talking to you. When he wants you to do something that is bad or not good. For instance, children go around like this. Nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Everybody hates me. What? But wait a minute. That's not true. God loves you. God loves everyone. But Satan comes along and makes people think, nobody loves me. I'm all alone. Nobody cares for me. I'm, you know, I don't know what to do. God loves you. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that we could be redeemed. And so we could tell God that this snake has bitten me and I want to be saved. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that God will do that for us? Save us from that bite that we got from the serpent. So it's, it's a wonderful thing. <clears throat> the devil and his demons, they, they try to tempt me. I deliver travel trailers. And I usually like to go and look at my travel trailer, check it over. We have to see if there's any scratches on the window, windows or on the side of the unit. or Make sure that they're, they're nice because the dealer does not want to accept a trailer that is scratched or not working or whatever, so we have to go and check it, write everything down, that we check this, we check that. But sometimes when I get over to the yard in Syracuse, the trailer isn't there. Well, there's another place over in, on east of, on six, way out, another half hour past uh, Syracuse. And I go to Syracuse and look for this trailer number they gave me, and I can't find it. Now, that's almost enough to get anybody a little upset, you know. But because they, somebody has given me the wrong number, or either I didn't understand the number, or either they put it in the wrong place. And I always take the, the side that they put it in the wrong place, you know, because I don't like to play, take the blame if I don't have to. But sometimes I misunderstand. But to go to the other place would take me another half hour. So it takes me two hours to go to this place. 
to, to check out a trailer and I say I'm not going because I'll just leave it and check it out when I get there in the morning. So that's just the way that's just the way the devil is. You know, he tries everything. Sometimes people will say this. He or she makes me so mad. You ever say that? Well, you know who has control of you when you say that? That's right. Come on, say it. Who is it? Demons. Demons come along. They, they attack you when you're tired. I'm so tired, I just, I just can't go anymore. I, I think demons would have liked to have uh, Gladys there. You know, get her all for huddled and mixed up and everything and, and just say, you know, it's, it's, it's no use. I'm just going to give up. That's what demons come. They attack people every day. When you get tired and, and, and you say you're so tired, I can't do anything anymore. You may be tired, but Satan would like for you to do something at that moment that is wrong. Or not Satan, but demons. Satan can't be everywhere, but he has thousands. Listen to me. Thousands of demons out there that will do work for him. And he will try to tempt you and I as much as he can. And sometimes when that happens, we just have to tell the demon who he is and what we think of him. In the name of Jesus, you leave me. You have nothing to do with me. My soul, spirit, and body is given over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And you'll feel a lot better. I mean, that will take your tiredness and laziness or whatever it is away in moments. You'll become a new person. New strength, new wisdom, just glory to God. It's just a good life. When you know what you're working with, you understand what you're working with, who you're working against or for. Well, I think it's longer than I ever preached. The Bible tells us that there are thrones much like a king, and Satan wants to sit in that seat. Dominions has Satan and his power. Rulers, the demons come over sections of the unseen world. Authorities, they are subject to Christ's authority. Rulers of the darkness of this world. Unclean and evil spirits being granted permission to do something. Now, the last thing that I would like to tell you is this. Don't give demons permission to come into your life. There's a lot of people that open their life to demons. They, let, they open the door and let the demon do something that he should not be allowed to do. For instance, if you're easily given to madness or irritation or anything like that, that's you opening up your door for a demon to get in. 
You open up the door and demons will come in to rob you of the joy, the peace that you can have in Jesus Christ. Don't let demons rob you. Don't open up the door for them to come in. If you allow things in your, in your life that you shouldn't, that is opening the door for him to come in. Satan will not come in, but he sends his demons. And he's got one ready just for you. Just for you. Don't let him come in. Don't give way to, to the, the devil's uh, suggestions. Daniel said to the king, there is a God that make, can make known the king's dream and the interpretation thereof. Let's remember that. There is a God in heaven that loves every one of us. He loves us so much that he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that we could be redeemed so that we can be a free people. The freedom to love God. Praise God. What a wonderful, wonderful Savior we have. <coughs> After prayer, I'm going to give the time back to Laverne and he can come and close. Our Father in heaven, we do want to thank you for this beautiful group of people that have gathered here this morning to worship and to adore you and to thank you for your blessings upon us. Father, we thank you for saving us. We know that the Bible in Revelations tells that, talks about that serpent, the devil. Father, we thank you that in Jesus' name we have victory over him. He cannot get in and attack us in any way, although he tries to tempt us, and just like he did to, to uh, Eve, oh, that fruit looks so good, and sometimes things can look so good to us, but it is the devil, the demons coming in to rob, to steal our joy, to steal our valuable time spent with God, you, with you, O oh God. So we pray that you might give every one of us in here a great desire to love you more, to allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify, cleanse us, and keep us from all evil. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.